Welcome, everyone. I am Bob Wurzelbacher, the director of the Respect Life Office for the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, and as our video podcast series that we call Being Pro-Life. Each month, we'll discuss a different topic in the Respect Life arena. We'll hear a personal story from someone deeply affected by that issue. And finally, we'll share ways that you can get involved. This month's topic is domestic violence. Let's talk now with this week's guest. Will you please introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Dr. Sharon O'Brien. I am the Director of Catholics for Family Peace Education and Research Initiative. We are in the National Catholic School of Social Service at the Catholic University of America in D.C. It's our mission to share church teaching about domestic abuse. Okay, well, Sharon, let's start with you. Tell us about what is domestic violence and how prevalent is it in our culture today? Thanks for asking, Bob. And the Centers for Disease Control here in the U.S. has defined it as those behaviors which are used to harm or intimidate, threaten another person. And we particularly think of it in terms of intimate partner relationships, which would include dating, engage, married, separated. But it's, it's those behaviors that we use to hurt each other. People can easily relate to the physical part of being hit or slapped or thrown against a wall. But intimate partner violence, domestic violence, also includes the emotional, psychological abuse, kind of the insulting, the belittling, the threatening that can happen that one person can use against another. So we particularly want to emphasize that psychological abuse because many times people will delay seeking help because they say, well, he never hits me. You know, I'm not black and blue, but actually we know from neuroscience that being insulted and belittled, that the brain interprets it the same as being hit. And people have told us for years that the psychological abuse is harder to recover from. So to answer your question, it's those behaviors that one person uses on another to, that causes harm or threatens to cause harm. And it, and it ranges from both the emotional, certainly sexual behaviors, and physical abuse and violence. Thanks for starting us off on that. I'm sure we, we probably do typically think of domestic violence only, right, in the physical violence category, maybe somewhat, you know, in sexual violence as well. But, but psychological violence, people probably don't even think of very much. So how prevalent is this in our culture today, in our country? So the CDC has done research since uh, the 1970s, so we have solid research about this. So the current research, the one that was done in 2010, indicates that one out of three women and one out of seven men have experienced severe physical violence from an intimate partner. And if you look at the psychological aggression, it's 50%. Wow. All right. Well, Dr. Sharon, tell us, what is the Catholic response to domestic violence? What do we teach about it? What are we doing, you know, about this issue? And why is it a pro-life issue? Bob, thanks for asking that question. It is indeed a pro-life issue. How is it the Catholic Church has been responding? Interestingly enough, the Catholic Church has been responding for almost our entire history because wasn't it Jesus who lifted up the role of women, recognizing their dignity, which went a long way to help matters about acknowledging the the dignity of of all people. But the Catholic Church has been clear for many years, hundreds of years, that a marriage is meant to be a place of love and respect and safety. And church law, 1153, makes it very clear that if someone in a marriage is not safe, they 
have a moral right to seek safety for themselves and their children. It's a message that we don't oftentimes hear, but growing up in a violent home isn't good for anyone. It's not good for the person being hurt. It certainly isn't good for the children. And it's clearly not good for the salvation of the person who's using abusive behavior. So the church on the books has been clear for many years. There's no place for abuse and violence in a Catholic marriage. But in, in terms of recent years, the bishops created a statement in 1992. It's called, When I Call for Help. And it is a clear, concise, compassionate response about how to address domestic violence. It not only addresses the people being hurt, but it addresses the people initiating the pain. It, it has a whole section about how the clergy and a local parish can respond. They updated that statement in 2002. In addition, the pro-life office has also recognized the importance of this issue. And in 2013, they created a very clear pamphlet and a bulletin insert. It's called Life Matters Domestic Violence, which is very useful. And then both the pro-life office as well as the Secretariat for Family Life helped to create our office in 2010, as well as in 2016, they helped to create and present the first National Catholic Symposium on Domestic Violence, uh, which was held at the Catholic University of America. And then the Family Life Office has a whole series of resources, which we, in our office, we, we link to both. Okay, Dr. Sharon, let's show these two documents that you mentioned already. Okay, so if you go to usccb.org, the main page of the U.S. Comments on Catholic Bishops. Right in the center, Issues in Action. Click on Human Life and Dignity. That's the page for you know your Respect Life pro-life audience. And then right there on the left, there's many topics that fall under that category, and among them is domestic violence. So you click right there on domestic violence, and here's the page. And right at the top of the page is the first document that Dr. Sharon mentioned, When I Call for Help, which is updated in 2002. You click on that and you can read the text right there on the screen. Or if you scroll down a little bit, you can download or order copies right there online. And there's also a Spanish version for that as well. And also on that same page, you can see Life Matters Domestic Violence. That's the brochure that they were talking about. If you click on web page format here, then you'll see all the text. And then on the left, you will be able to access both in English and Spanish the pamphlet version, which is this, you know, four panel, if you want to plan out that kind of thing, or the bulletin insert, which is a beautifully done two-sided page that you could easily print out and put in your bulletin. So same text, two different formats. So that's where you find those two documents that you mentioned. Thanks for showing our audience those those two resources. And people could see The USCCB has a long list of resources about this issue, including those from the pro-life office. So that's exciting. And then on our website, catholicsforfamilypeace.org, our goal is to serve as a resource point for people to share what their Catholic resources are. So we clearly are linked to both the pro-life and the the marriage and family life offices, but also the Archdiocese of Chicago has an excellent domestic violence outreach program with a 500-page resource book. The Archdiocese of Washington has resources, particularly their How to Help Parishes Develop a Response to Domestic Abuse. And then the third point I would mention is there's a book our colleague, 
Dr. Waldman wrote, How to End Domestic Violence in Catholic Families, which is downloadable. And all of these resources are on our website as well. Okay, so I'm showing this website on the page now. It's catholicsforfamilypeace.org. Yes. All one word except for the .org. And then probably if we go under more yes. and resources, you can see, for example, USCCB Publishing Resources, a pastoral response to domestic violence against women, a resource card. I mean, there's many. But up here, downloadable resources, for example, you can find the booklet mentioned, yes. How Can We Help to End Violence in Catholic Families? That's the one you just mentioned, right? Yes. You can mm-hmm. download a free copy right here. Yeah. In six languages, Bob. So it's not only in English, it's in Spanish and French, Tagalog. It's in several languages. And there's a second edition to it as well that makes reference to Amoris Laetitia. Wow. Six different languages. That's terrific. Yes. Okay. So we know how we can get some of these resources that help us. Why don't we share a little bit more about what are some situations that are of domestic violence and why is it hard to get out of them and why is it such a big problem today? Thanks for asking those questions, Bob. And we'll hear from our survivors to tell the personal stories. And so from our point of view of being an education and research center, it's imperative to not suggest, encourage, insist that someone in a domestic violence situation just leave. I mean, that's what we think, right? We, people should be able to just leave. But, right. But the fact of the matter is three women a day, on average, three women a day are killed by their intimate partner in the United States. And the most likely time that she and her children will be killed is the very day that they're leaving. But it also could be the six months to two years afterwards. So leaving, it looks like it's a simple solution. It's actually very complex. A lot of things have to be considered. The good news is across the United States, there are government-funded domestic violence response agencies and the bishops in our office, we highly recommend that people call the National Domestic Violence Hotline for help to figure out how to leave safely, because it is the most likely time that the woman and her children will be killed. So, well, let's show that real quick as well. Of course, if you search in your search bar, National Domestic Violence Hotline, it'll come right at there at the top. The address itself, it's just called the hotline. Yes. Dot org, the hotline dot org. And right there, you'll find the number. That number is one 800 799 7233, but 7233 is safe. So it's 799 safe. But tell us about that hotline. We have such complete confidence in in our colleagues who work at the hotline. I've had regular contact with them over the 22 years that I've been in the field, and I have complete trust in their ability to respond to, to people. They can link any caller to the closest domestic violence response agency. So that's a huge help. They can do some crisis counseling on the line. They are associated with the teen dating violence response center. It used to be that we thought domestic violence started with adults, but now we have discovered very clearly that teens are experiencing domestic violence in their relationship, almost to the extent, Bob, that adults experience it. It's like one in three women, one in three girls, one in seven men. The numbers sometimes vary, but it happens enough to be concerned about. So that National Domestic Violence Hotline is a great resource. And as you could see just from their website, they have any number of items that people can click on. It's such a big help for people to hear other stories. I mean, we'll hear from our colleagues who are survivors. But sometimes people think they're the only person who is experiencing that. And that, unfortunately, is not true. There are a lot of people. Uh, this section here, Women Breaking Free, Stories of Strength from Survivors of Domestic Violence. 
It's a universal issue. At the World Meeting of Families in 2018, there was a four-person panel addressing the issue from people from around the world. So no one's alone. And the good news is the Catholic Church is very much about offering hope, help, and healing. And we do have resources. There are lots of times when we fail, when people are given bad information, I mean, particularly around, you know, this is my cross to bear. There are lots of crosses to bear. And a Mary Knoll priest had a good way of explaining that, yes, for a Catholic to be in a domestic violence situation, that is a cross. But the cross might be acknowledging I'm in a domestic violence situation. My children are at risk. Their lives are at risk. You know, I need to pray and discern and decide what to do. That's kind of the cross part of it. It's not to say, you know, I must stay. The church is very clear. And people tell me this all the time. They are shocked and surprised and relieved to read that the first pages of the document, when I call for help, makes it very clear that no one is expected to stay in an abusive marriage. And that's the message that we want people to realize, that abuse is not okay. We're not telling people what to do, but we want people to know that abuse and violence in a marriage is not okay. And it needs to be resolved because certainly in the National Catholic School of Social Services, social workers, we can tell you the impact on children is just horrendous. It's not okay to accept and you have to figure out what to do. Now, when I, I say that, I mean, I realize that you know, for a period of time, you know, accepting the situation, it might be the safest thing to do. But to know that the Catholic Church expects a marriage to be one of love and respect, and if it's one of abuse and violence, then we are called to do something about it. And Dr. Sharon, you mentioned one of the important things there, which is that if a relationship is violent and abusive, one of the reasons why it's so difficult to get out of that is because in the act of trying to leave is when that abuser is most likely to be more violent, perhaps even kill yes. someone. This is how people get killed, by trying to leave. And right. you, you know this when you're trying to get out of a situation, you don't know what to do and how to seek help because you fear your own life if you share this or if you try to get away. Now, we've also heard some of the stories that people have shared, or if you're on the podcast, you'll be hearing in upcoming weeks of people who have escaped from domestic violence. What is it the regular person in the pew can do to mm-hmm. help the problem, help people be more aware, or even maybe donate to a local agency or something that needs some more resources to be able to reach out to more people who are suffering this? Bob, thanks for asking that question, because there is a lot that the person in the pew can do. I'll mention three for sure. The first one is to absolutely include this issue in your daily prayers. Our office prays every day at three o'clock for everyone who's harmed by domestic violence. The people who are harmed, the people who initiate, the children who are living with this situation. So pray about it. Ask your pastor to include it in the intercessory prayer. As we know, the power of prayer, particularly our pro-life audience, they know the power of prayer. And so the first thing is, is to pray. The second thing is to become educated. You know, even listening to this podcast I mean, it doesn't make anyone an expert, but I encourage people to use the line I use since I'm a researcher and not a social worker. When someone shares their story with me, which brings up the second point, absolutely believe what people are telling you. If somebody told you that their house had been burned to the ground, you wouldn't question them. You wouldn't say, really? Are you sure that happened? Are you sure your house? I mean, forget that. I mean, if somebody is telling you that they are in an abusive relationship, believe them. You know, offer them your prayers. Ask, is there something I can do? So prayer, 
believing the person and all the people listening to this podcast, they could use the line I use, which is, this isn't my area of expertise, but I was listening to a podcast and they said, there's a place people can call, the National Domestic Violence Hotline. Let's take our phones out and put this number in your cell phone contact list, the National Domestic Violence Hotline, 1-800-799-SAFE. So praying, believing people, and asking if there's something I can do, and sharing the domestic violence hotline would be four things. And then, of course, donating to groups that are working on the issue. People can always donate to us. That would be great. But you could donate most of the Catholic charities in each diocese addresses this issue. So that would be a resource. And I, Bob, I guess the other point I would want to make, what the person in the pew could do, is bring in a speaker. Our churches have lots of groups that need speakers. Bring in, invite the local domestic violence response agency to come in and talk. Or the National Council of Catholic Women has an excellent prevention resource book that's available. The National Council of Catholic Women. And they have program templates that you could, someone could just lift and present, particularly around teen dating violence. They have an excellent resource about that. So tell me about that one. So how is it that we find that resource you just mentioned? Okay, so the National Council of Catholic Women, so nccw.org, it's called Healing the Wounds. Okay, so if we go to nccw.org, there it is, the National Council of Catholic Women. In terms of this document you're referring to, go to the store. There it is, Women Healing the Wounds, Domestic Violence Brochures. They are free, and you can order them in packs of 25. Yes, and they also have an entire resource guide. Let's see if it's on there. So it's also, oh, down here on the bottom right, Women Healing the Wounds resource. So that's for $15, but it's worth every penny. It has turnkey templates of doing a program. And as the opening line says, you can save someone's life by talking about this issue. This 52-page document is a comprehensive tool, including ideas for projects, education, a flyer, and much more. It can be utilized in so many different ways. Okay, so that's a couple of great resources we can find. I'm sure there's others, but we're highlighting those two at least on the National Council of Catholic Women page, NCCW. All right. So if I were to summarize about what the person in the pew can do, so it would be to absolutely pray and to ask your priest to pray. It would be to have the National Domestic Violence Hotline number in your cell phone, 1-800-799-SAFE. It would be to either ask or organize some educational program in the church about domestic violence or generally any number of local experts who would be glad to do something. Another point was, of course, using pro-life activities brochures. Just placing them in common areas in the church would be useful. And Maybe the important thing is to believe. When, when someone has the courage to share with someone else, it's our job to believe them and to remember that it only looks like it's simple. It's really very complex, and everyone's life is on the line about leaving. And if any of our listeners have the means to donate, there are any number of places they can donate, particularly the local Catholic charities, or if they send something to Catholics for Family Peace, we will use it to do national trainings across the U.S. All right, so if there's someone who is, who's listening to this podcast or watching this video who is in a domestic violence situation or knows someone who is, what are our words of advice and help to them right now? 
Bob, thanks for asking that question. The message we make a point of getting across is to realize that Catholics do care about this issue. Even if people have never heard a homily about it, even if they have never seen a resource card or brochure about it, there are lots of Catholics who care about this issue. And they can always contact us at Catholics for Family Peace. We have a contact form and we can put them in touch with someone else. But there is definitely hope, help, and healing around this issue. And it's our privilege to share that Catholics care about this issue. And we would be delighted to walk with someone on this journey. Right. And again, if you call that number, 1-800-799-SAFE, which is 7233, 1-800-799-SAFE, they can put you in touch with the nearest local center who can also help you. All right. Well, thanks to everyone for talking with us today about the evil of domestic violence, sharing your stories, for letting us know what it is that we can do to raise awareness and help agencies that are helping those who are trying to get out of domestic violence situations, who are trapped in unsafe situations. Bob, thank you for hosting this podcast. We are delighted that the Archdiocese of Cincinnati has addressed this issue. It's been a real pleasure. And I want to thank all of our viewers and listeners for tuning in on this episode of our Being Pro-Life series. Head to the website and view all the links talked about in this episode at www.catholiccincinnati.org slash being-pro-life. Thank you again for joining us today, and I look forward to being with you next time.